You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. Alright folks, here we go. Seminars, next one up August 12th through the 14th, then October 14th through the 16th, then December 9th through the 11th. For camps on the list, we have a coaching development camp on October 1st in Columbus at Starting Strength Columbus. That's covering how to coach the squat. Then we have a self-sufficient lifter camp on September 10th in Wichita Falls. We have a deadlift and power clean camp on August 20th in Indianapolis. And then some squat and deadlift camps on the list. One spot left in London for July 30th. Then we have Bergen, Norway, August 21st. Beaverton, Oregon at Starting Strength Beaverton on August 27th. Then Stockholm, Sweden on November 26th. Then we have some three-lift camps on the list. Greenville, South Carolina on August 27th, Brussels, Belgium on September 17th, and Orange County, California on September 24th. Have you checked out the Starting Strength Network yet? If not, why not? Join the Starting Strength Network and get access to exclusive content, videos, forums, all kinds of fun stuff that Rip does behind the scenes. Check out the Starting Strength Network through our link at our website. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. We are uh, going to have a, a guest with us today to address uh, a topic that has been mentioned to me a couple of times on the boards. And uh, it's, uh, it ties in with the times very, very uh, nicely. We're going to talk to Dr. Keith Smith uh, from Oklahoma City and... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the market for health care, how the market got all screwed up, and what he and several other facilities around the country are doing to address this. Keith, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell us about your facility in Oklahoma City. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm an anesthesiologist and co-founded uh, Surgery Center of Oklahoma with another anesthesiologist in 1997. Uh, and we did that with the idea that if we owned and controlled the facility, we could be in complete control of the quality uh, delivered, but also the finances. Uh, we knew that... Uh, if the patient came along and they couldn't pay much or they couldn't pay anything, then we were in a position to accommodate them. So we, we started quoting prices over the phone uh, from the first week. Um, and then that culminated in 2009 uh, when I launched the website uh, and it's surgerycenterok.com where all of our prices are uh, and they're all in, all-inclusive uh, bundle prices and i did that i did that for a couple of reasons uh, or three reasons actually one is i wanted people who had sticker shock who were actually paying for their care to 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 more easily find us i also 
I wanted to start a price war. I wanted the so-called not-for-profit hospital to have to explain uh, why they charge $25,000 for a knee arthroscopy when our online price was $3,740. <laughs> the third goal is I wanted, I wanted to better understand the scam. Uh, I wanted to better understand what was at work because if the market is at work in medical service delivery, as it is in every other industry, then cheaper and better wins. Um, and in this industry, cheaper and better does not win. And the reason for that is government intervention. Uh, the long and short of it is all of the cronies make out like bandits only because the government has intervened um, in their favor and, and they auction these favors off. So, so at Surgery Center of Oklahoma, we sustained numerous attacks by government um, at all levels. Uh, by legislators, by the health department, by the hospitals, by the insurance carriers, and you could tell uh, they they don't they don't like competition. So the the surgery center of Oklahoma represents a competitive answer uh, to all that is wrong with quality uh, and with price, and it's uh, it's shaken up the industry um, far from Oklahoma. Uh, all over the United States, uh, people have had to respond to our pricing. It, it, the price war that has resulted in the United States, I would argue, from what we, what, what happened when I launched the website in 2009 is widespread. Well, good. You know, it, it, one of the things that, that you very, very quickly find out, if you need uh, a procedure done, and it's elective procedure, and you can schedule it on your own, on your own schedule and and pick you know where you're going to go and who's going to do it is if you start calling around and ask about these services the first thing you'll notice is no one will tell you how much you're going to spend on the procedure it we they will tell you we we can't disclose that and they'll say well because you know something might come up and all this other bullshit and uh and you mash on them and, and, and press them on the point. And, and what you find is that they will not tell you. If you were to call the facility that, that was going to charge you the $25,000 for the knee arthroscopy, what they will tell you is not $25,000. What they'll say is, we can't tell you that. And you say, why can't you tell me that? And they say, because we don't know. And then you say, you mean you've never done this before? Oh, no, we do them all the time. But there, there are different amounts of money depending on the situation. Well, why would that be? A knee arthroscopy is a knee arthroscopy. It's a knee, and it's a surgeon, and it's anesthesia, and it's recovery room. But you can't tell me how much that's going to charge, how much that's going to cost. Well, no, no, we can't tell you that. And the reason they won't tell you that is because they're going to make as much money off of the procedure as your insurance company will pay them. They're going to charge Medicare as much as they can possibly bill. They're going to, they're going to do whatever they can to maximize the, maximize the profit off the thing. And this is not the way markets, unimpeded by government, function. That's not the way they function. Yeah, I, I tell are, people... 
I tell people there are two economic models in this industry. One is the one you just described where uh, an institution like a hospital attempts to maximize revenue. And unfortunately, that is the prevailing model. It is. Uh, but it's very much threatened by the one I represent and the one that is growing. And that is the attempt to deliver maximum value uh, so that the exchange afterwards um, has all the hallmarks of a mutually beneficial one. Right. Like, so, a, like a market relationship should be. Yeah. I mean, like uh, I buy you know, a car I, from a lot. It's That's a good right. car. They take care of me at the at the date of purchase. They take care of my service afterward. And guess what I'll do? I'll buy another car from them. That's right. That's that's the way a market relationship should exist. Yeah, but not in industry, Every other industry has to endure uh, that market discipline or they go out of business. Um, and the reason that medical services don't is because of all the government favors and government intervention. Well, there's no better example of the problems that something like that causes than our little hospital here in Wichita Falls that we uh, uh, we respectfully refer to as 11th Street. It's the United Regional Healthcare Center, and it is the most expensive hospital in the state of Texas. It's also the worst hospital in the state of Texas, and everybody in Wichita Falls that's had a relative or a personal experience with that particular facility has got a horror story uh, to tell you. Uh, they, they're, a, they're a horrible facility. They treat their employees uh, horribly. <laughs> they, they, uh, their facility is, is dirty and shitty and, and, <laughs> poorly cleaned people get infected down there all the time uh hospital administration is a group of criminals and uh you know those of you that are listening right now here in wichita falls that uh take exception to my statements can consume me uh you people are awful you're awful. You're an embarrassment to North Texas. And, you know, you, you may be the worst example that comes to mind, but the, the health care delivery system across the United States has all got similar problems. And they all derive from what happened to health care in 1966. Yeah, you're referring to the, the passage of Medicare. Yes. Uh, and the passage of Medicare happened on the heels of another legislative boondoggle called the Hill-Burton Act. Um, and the Hill-Burton Act was uh, Harry Truman's brainchild. And that's what put a hospital in almost every county uh, in the United States, whether there was a market for them or not. Once those hospitals were in existence, uh, they did not want to collect their money from individual patients. They didn't even really want to collect their money from uh, Blue Cross or anybody else. They wanted to plug directly in to the taxpayer trough. 
So I don't think it's any coincidence that following Hill Burton and the peppering, the metastasis of government hospitals all over the country was very quickly followed by a mechanism for them to be paid uh, directly by government, bypassing the actual buyer. When I go to Colorado up 287, every little county between here and where I'm going in Colorado has got a county hospital, whether it needs one or not, whether there's 4,000 people living in the county, all of whom are within driving distance of a bigger city or not. They all have a county hospital. And this is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and how do they get paid? I mean, they get paid by government. Yeah. And they were, you know, they decided to plug into that um, boondoggle early on. And all of these hospitals have just made a killing. I mean, they've made a lot of money. Now, now we can bash hospitals all day long, and a lot of them deserve it. Um, but we have to remember and we have to stay focused that they can't do what they do without government and Uncle Sam driving the getaway car. Absolutely. Oh. 100% of the responsibility for the for the uh, devolution and quality and everything else that's wrong with the uh, health care delivery system is squarely in the lap of the federal government. 100% of it. As are the vast majority of all of the problems in the United States right now. It is the federal government's fault. And this all started, but you, you cannot involve men with guns in a market because then it's no longer a market. And when you're talking about the federal government, you're talking about the authority of men with guns. And that's, that, that's not an overstatement. That's not an overstatement. In 1966, Medicare was invented by the Johnson administration. And ever since then, I, you know, Keith, I remember when I was a little boy, my mother would take me to the pediatrician. And, you know, I'd have chicken pox or something like that. And she took me up to the, took me to the doctor because that's what you're supposed to do when your kid gets sick. And uh, he looked at me and examined me and poked around on me. And he was a, he was a funny old cuss. He was didn't really have a bedside manner for children but it was he was a good man and he was a good doctor and 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 so when i was this is probably 1963 and when we got through back there with dr sullivan poking around on me we went up to the front desk and my mother gave his office manager 15 dollars <laughs> and we left and it was it it was a fee service like things ought to be but that is that is so foreign to everyone's experience at this point they just you you tell them that story and they'll just say that's bullshit it's never been that way well it has been that way it has been that way and it ought to be that way now but it's not and as a result a procedure that you can charge $3,700 for is being billed at eight times that rate down the street. And it's 
you know, this is this is just wrong. And the the more headway you guys make to reverse this this trend, the better. Now, in in '66, Medicare was invented, and what was the point behind Medicare? Yeah, I think, I mean, the excuse for Medicare was that the elderly required care that they could not afford and that none of them had insurance. Uh, and that's not true. Um, over 80% of people 65 or older actually had private coverage when Medicare was enacted. And that's why I bring up the Hill Burton Act. I believe Medicare was passed to make sure that the government hospitals that uh, peppered the country could be paid uh, whatever they you know whatever they charge. Right. Keep in mind too. Keep in mind too. The American Medical Association uh, was led by some very outspoken uh, physicians back in that time who were very opposed to Medicare. Um, and the federal government knew they had a problem. And so they bought off uh, the physicians in the United States by offering to pay whatever they billed. So as you can imagine, as you can imagine, physician billed charges went through the roof. Yeah. And, and that was it was just the start of a spiral. It's very bad. They didn't they didn't offer to pay what the procedures were worth. They offered to pay what the doctors billed for the procedure, which are two entirely different things. Right. And uh, and nothing except an increased involvement in the market has happened since that time. Nothing has simplified. Nothing has cheapened. Uh, not only do you have to pay exorbitant prices because that's what the doctors want to charge. It's what the hospitals, more importantly, want to charge. You have to pay an army of useless bureaucrats to do this job that, that they apparently do. And the bureaucrats have seized a lot of control uh, from the doctors who are actually making the decisions uh, about what care should be delivered to their patients. And uh, this, of course, is to control costs. We can't control costs by sending the bureaucrats home. We have to control costs by paying the doctors less. And, you know, if the doctors are charging us too much, that may be warranted. But who gets to decide that? Somebody with a, a degree in public administration? At Surgery Center of Oklahoma, we are seeing patients from all 50 states, Hawaii included. When I launched the website in 2009, the first patients that arrived to take advantage of our reasonable and upfront pricing were Canadians. But we are seeing we are seeing a lot of people from North Texas, Wichita Falls included. Oh yeah. And and that it, it's just not that far of a drive. So no, the world is the world is becoming smaller and hospitals are feeling the heat. They're feeling the pressure. Um, and I have to give a shout out to uh, Kelly uh, Fristo in uh, Wichita Falls, who is part of the uh, Philadelphia American crew that is actually um, helping uh, employers 
um, who buy care directly for their employees find affordable options. Good. I also have to give a shout out to Dr. Kissy Blackwell, who had the nerve to go out on her own and start a direct primary care practice. And she right. she spawned she spawned and inspired another direct primary care practice in Wichita Falls. So people in Wichita Falls have options. Oh no, we're waking up. Uh, right. Yeah, he's back in the gym. He was in the gym twenty years ago. <laughs> I'm glad to have him back. And uh, uh, Nick, who's your doctor? Blackwell is is Nick's doctor. So uh, yeah, we're uh, we're familiar with these people. And uh, uh, the worse Eleventh Street gets, the more business that you are going to see. <laughs> and that's just that there's an inverse relationship between the drive to Oklahoma City and the quality of the care at 11th Street. Um, yeah, we it, there's definitely been an uptick, and part of that part of that are the direct primary care practices in Wichita Falls who who want the best for their patients at a reasonable price. Sure. Um, that so there's. There are um, that these sort of alternatives that are popping up, and I think that I think the even the big hospital systems and the ones who think they actually have a monopoly on in a, in a corner on the market, I think they're feeling the heat, um, and and that's a good thing. Competition is always a good thing. Um, I know the Surgery Center of Oklahoma is better because we have competitors in this space. So competition is a great thing. It's great for the buyer. It's great for the consumer. It's great for the patient. And it's really bad. If you don't have competition, then you wind up with really high prices and really awful quality. And which is weird because every other, every other commodity, with very few exceptions, functions under a free market. Every other commodity. Healthcare is a commodity just like everything else. Just like plumbing services and real estate services and every and car repair and every other thing you can think about. You're you're delivering a service. But we have decided for some reason that healthcare is different. So your employer is supposed to provide that now. That's just a condition of employment is you've got is you've got health care provided by your employer. When did that bizarre idea come into existence? Well, I'll I'll push back a little bit. Um, medical services is not a commodity. Medical services are medical services. Having said that, no, they're a commodity, they're, Keith. I mean, they're 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 a thing which you pay for, which you need and which you pay for. It, it, the fact that they're necessary doesn't make them any different than food and clothing and shelter. They're, they're, they have to function as a commodity. And their provision, uh, obviously, is that since there are several places to obtain that commodity, then their, their provision... Uh, has to function in a competitive environment unless the government changes the rules. 
which is what has happened here. Yeah, I, I would argue there is a difference between products and services. Uh, I was going to say, if you're comparing uh, a CAT scan or an MRI mm -hmm. to another CAT scan or another, another MRI, then I think you can commoditize yes. those services. You cannot commoditize surgery. A tonsillectomy is not a tonsillectomy. Uh, most of the time it is, but not all the time. Some people have a lot of comorbidities and they weigh right. 300, they weigh 350 pounds. So, well, there's differences uh, in the expertise of the provider, but the end that, result is still the tonsillectomy. And it is, but they are not equivalent. And that's why you cannot commoditize all of healthcare. I would agree with you. There is a portion of it that is, but there's a difference between products and services. And, you know, the prices I have listed online are good until the surgeon sees the patient and tells right. me this one is got this one has got several complications and twists. Right. And we quote a different price because they're not equivalent. Well, but that didn't mean it's not a commodity. That just means that we have to adjust the price of the commodity because of, of the circumstances under which the commodity is going to be delivered. Well, it, it's but, a matter of definition. The, yeah. the commodity, a commodity has homogeneity uh, and uniformity as a as a characteristic. So that that's the only reason I'll I'll push back. There is some, I think some part of it. You're right. Uh, can be treated like a commodity. But there's a large part of it that is very, very individualized uh, and has to be customized as a service. And therefore, can, you cannot put the commodity stamp on a very, very large part of uh, medical service. Well, we'll disagree about that. But <laughs> but, but nonetheless, uh, uh, this whole thing started, uh, if I remember my history correctly, back in World War II when uh, employers were having a hard time hiring people. They're having a hard time getting quality employees. And as a result, somebody came up with the bright idea of offering incentives to, to employees they were trying to hire, and they came up with the idea of offering health insurance. Now, this was completely optional at this point, and it was an innovative uh, idea in that once again, the employee is a commodity. The employee is a commodity, and we want the best employees we can get, so we're going to incentivize these guys to come to us for the same salary that the guy down the street is offering them. But we're going to give them something in addition to that, and we're going to give them a group health insurance plan. And the health insurance companies jumped into the middle of this and provided the, the health insurance commodity to, to help incentivize uh, quality employees for employers. And that's when this all started. But over the years, it has become uh, almost the rule. In fact, it, it, it's treated as a rule by the federal government. If you've got X number of employees, you have to offer medical insurance to them. Now, why does that make the slightest bit of sense? Why don't you just well, pay them more and let them buy their own policy? Well, it's actually worse than what you said. Um, there would have been no reason for employers to do 
exactly what you said if it weren't for the government imposed wage and price controls yes during so, world war ii right yeah so the employers were prohibited from actually paying right people more that's money. a very good point i left that out they you, yeah so you could have just it? given him another dollar an hour but you couldn't do right. that because the federal government was going to control the price and the availability of everything by keeping things cheap well the Nixon administration taught us quite a bit of economics. Uh, gas rationing. You know, anytime you ration a commodity, what do you do to its price and its availability? Well, if you ration the quantity, then the price goes up. And if you ration its availability, the price goes up. And it's, 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 you know, that's just, that's just dollars and cents. That's, that's the law. It's as much the law as, uh, the laws that govern voltage and amperage and resistivity. It's this, the law is what happens. And if you, uh, restrict the availability of a commodity, then, then the, the, the price of that commodity goes up because it now it's worth more if you can get it and you need it. And it, it doesn't take a 12-year-old can understand this. You know, we've seen it recently. If you just print $6 trillion out of thin air, what does that do to the, avail- to the value of each one of those dollars? Well, it makes it go down, and a, a child understands this. You know? Uh, but... We have to understand that these things apply anytime money changes hands. Anytime services are provided, commodities are provided, materials, you know, substances, whatever is in demand is, is supplied for money, then economics is involved here. And the fact that the government doesn't like that doesn't mean it's not still the law. You know, I'm, I might not like it that gravity makes shit fall to the ground and break. But the fact that I don't like it has nothing to do with the presence of gravity. And and this is this is we're learning this again. A whole new generation of people are learning all about supply, demand and price right here in 2022. And. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm paying five and a quarter a gallon for diesel, you know, because of the brilliant moves of the Biden administration. And uh, yeah, I just you know. But but back to the back to our original our original question here: the the involvement of the federal government is the primary driving factor for making medical expenses go up and has been for 60 years 55 well it's the state it's the state at all levels Um, it's not just the state at the federal level it's the state at the state and the county and the city level it's just government Uh, entirely they work to limit competition and, you know, they don't want a hospital opening up across the street from a county hospital. Um, and so you have these certificate of need laws. 
So you're right. The government is to blame and the federal government is primarily to blame. But state and county governments and even city governments uh, have got blood on their hands as well. So government at all levels is is the problem. And with every time the government interferes in a market, uh, perturbations in that market never work for the consumer. They never work for the consumer. No, it's never about the consumer. It's about whoever they auction the favor off to. Right. Unfortunately, the the government is composed of human beings, just like the market is. And when the market functions, the market delivers uh, the product that the consumer pays for and then ensures its own continued existence by delivering a quality product at a fair price. The government is under no such constraints. They have men with guns. You know, and I, you know, don't like to dwell on, you know, libertarian policies too much here. I don't want to come off like we're reading from Reason Magazine, but the fact of the matter is that that in there is an inherent difference in a marketplace and a government-provided commodity. Goods and services are provided by the government for the government's benefit, not for the benefit of the consumer of those goods and services. So there's a fundamental difference in the way these, right. the way these things operate. There's a fundamental difference, and you can see this. Clearly, if you get in a situation where you are going to have to have your knee fixed, call around. All right? Call Baylor Hospital in Dallas. Call UT Southwest Hospital in Dallas and see if you can get them to tell you how much they're going to charge you for the procedure. And then call Surgery Center of Oklahoma and get them to tell you what they're going to charge you for the same thing. You'll, what you'll find is is that the... The government-operated hospitals, and I guess, you know, that's fair to call Baylor and UT Southwest a government-operated hospital, because by and large, they depend for a huge percentage of their income on government money. Uh, and see if you can get them to tell you what they're going to charge you. And you will find two completely different approaches to the delivery of medical care. And uh, it, it's just a... The situation is 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 very very interesting. That uh, uh, these guys are doing this the right way, and nobody else is. Nobody else is. Uh, so, Keith, what do you guys? What what do you specialize in orthopedics, or what do you do up there? We do just about everything. Um, we do a lot of pediatric surgery. We do ear, nose, and throat surgery, um, urology, general surgery. We do a lot of gallbladder and hernia surgery, a lot of orthopedics, mm. um, oral maxillofacial surgery. Right. Um, so we we do a lot, just about everything. Uh, all of the prices and procedures are on our website, um, so people can look there. We're also working with some hospitals um, who have decided to put their toe in the water and and 
try some bundled price, reasonably priced procedures, and all those prices are at um, atlasbillingcompany.com. So there, there's even some there's even some inpatient pricing that's out there uh, that people can can look at and and hold their hospital's feet to the fire. Well, good. Yeah, this is a this is an important development. It's an important development, and uh, I'm glad to see that uh, someone has gone with their gut, and because that's exactly what you guys have done. You you know, a long time ago, you made the decision. Twenty five years ago, made the decision to to not play ball the way everybody else was playing ball and it's it's paid off handsomely and i'm happy about that uh what do you think the most important factor is in terms of the ridiculous complicated prices involved in medical billing right now well again hospitals um, subscribe to the, you know, maximization of revenue model. So they they are trying to get paid all that they can get paid. And that, that's the biggest, that's probably the biggest problem is that they don't have a competitor uh, across the street uh, like me, although they do have a competitor like me right up the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that hospitals that are charging an arm and a leg and not delivering a good service, they have their head in the sand uh, to a degree, and they're not truly facing uh, what's out there. Uh, because I'm not, I'm not alone. There are more and more facilities like mine popping up, and that's a problem for the price gouging hospitals. How many are there right now in the state of Oklahoma? Right now, uh, the people who are actually posting prices, uh, I think there are five. You have to understand, though, you have to understand there are countless facilities where now if you call them and ask for a price, they will actually give you a number because they're scared to death that the patient is just going to jump on an airplane or get in their car and come to a place like mine. Right. Uh, Do you have any idea how uh many across the country there are do you guys have an association by any chance we do uh, i er, urge people to check out the free market medical association um there's also pricing there uh, at the shop health tab um and well, it's good. it's large it's large and we had our annual meeting a couple of months ago um we had uh, Kennedy from Fox Business was our keynote. The year before that was Steve Forbes. The year before that was Ron Paul. So it's it's become a very large organization with yeah. 35, 35 state chapters. So it's well, become very big. You guys are talking to the right people. Uh, Dr. Paul is a very important man. And uh, he's been a... He's been a big leader to a lot of us on this side of the political aisle. Uh, I had a, a knee repair done last year, oh, about at this point, about 14 months ago. And uh, 
you know, I, I'm on Medicare now, and uh, I've got a supplemental policy. So it's a little cheaper than it was. But uh, do you know that I got a bill from that hospital in Arkansas 10 months after the procedure? And they didn't want a lot of money, but the, the bill came in 10 calendar months after the surgery, after the operation date. And it was, it was not itemized. And uh, it was just a demand letter for, and I hadn't seen it before. And it was about a little over $1,000, $1,100, something like that. And uh, it was apparently the hospital billed part of that part of that procedure, and uh, it was not itemized. So I called the number on the bill, and I said, "I need a, you know, I, you're just sending me a bill here for eleven hundred dollars. I need to know what I'm paying for." And they sent me took them ten days. They sent me an itemized bill. Now, Keith, I'd never seen anything like this before. This was the most bizarre, incomprehensible list of shit that I have ever that I have ever seen. And and you know obnoxious, you know, forty five minutes in the recovery room and they were actually billing somebody on that twenty eight thousand dollars for forty five minutes in the recovery room. And on and on and on and on like that. And when I ended up looking, you know, the total number down here was only $1,100 compared to, you know, it was like 2% of what was on this on this bill. And no explanation on how they arrived at these calculations. And uh, I, I still, to this day, do not know what the hell was going on. So I called the number on the deal, and I got to talk to a lady on the other end of the phone, and she could explain absolutely nothing. So you guys are billing me for a $500 instrument here that was used in the, in the suture part of this procedure. You're billing me for that, for that tool, and I don't have that tool. Can you send it to me? I might need it for something. I mean, if I'm going to pay you $500 for the tool, I'd kind of like to have it. If for no other reason, just put it on the shelf here so I can look at it every once in a while. And she said, well, you can't have it. I said, but I have to pay you for it. She said, yeah, you do have to pay us for it, but you can't have it. I said, well, so you're, what you're billing me for is the rent, right? I'm, I'm renting the tool from you. And she said, well, no, it's not rent. And I said, well, would you, could you just meet me halfway here, all right? You know, I'm trying to get you to explain all these, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of charges. I appreciate the discount if that's what you're doing for me, but I'd just kind of like to know what the hell's going on here. And she couldn't tell me anything. Couldn't tell me anything at all about it. And I don't think she knew. I don't think she had the slightest idea what I was even talking about. Because, and here's a terribly important part, nobody asks. Nobody ever asks, do they? And that's kind of what's wrong here, isn't it? Well, nobody cares. Right. 
I mean, there's, the only thing they a, cared about is the eleven hundred dollars. You know, but there's fifty thousand dollars worth of shit on this invoice. And I just wanted to know what the hell was going on, but I could tell by talking to her that this is the first time she has had this conversation with anybody. And uh, most people don't care. They have insurance and they just don't care. No. No, I guess they just don't. I mean, they don't. They're not affected in the in the end. They're not personally affected by this insanity. And they're just not curious as to why all this is going on. And without giving the slightest thought to the fact that they are, in fact, affected by it. They are affected by it. They are affected by these charges and the corruption that goes along with it and all of this stuff. And the net effect of this is this facility here in Wichita Falls that gets by just fine, that is very, very profitable, despite the fact that everybody's afraid to go down there. That's the effect. But you, you people won't ask about this. Now, if you, if you call Surgery Center of Oklahoma, they'll tell you. And I, I'm assuming your staff is trained to explain all these charges. Yeah, you don't even have to call us. You just go to our website, and there it is. I mean, you don't you don't even have to ask. It's all it's all listed on the website. And if it's not listed on the website, people just send us an email, and we tell them what the price is. And and why the price is that way? I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, our price, our price is our price. I mean, I don't care if I'm dealing with a self-funded employer that has a thousand employees or an individual, uh, my mm. price is the same for everyone. Right. Cause you're just, you're just selling the service. Right. And the service, this is what it costs you to provide it. And this is, this is how much money we make on it. And that's what, and that's the total price. And everybody else just makes as much money as they can off of who's going to pay them instead of pricing it like, I mean, you know, like a double quarter pounder with cheese is up around $8 now. But they tell you that when you order it. <laughs> so, you know, just it's functioning like the market's supposed to function. Well, what are your, uh, what are your feelings about how this is going to expand? Has the, has the association been actively trying to expand into new markets or what, what, what is going to happen with this? This is an incredibly important development. And I uh, really appreciate Keith's time here. And I, but more than that, I appreciate the fact that these guys are working for themselves and as a result for us. So where does this go? Yeah, it's going nuts right now. And the Free Market Medical Association is in its eighth year. And we're not having any trouble getting big names like Ron Paul and Steve Forbes to come uh, speak uh, and be keynote at these events. 
it's in 35 or 37 states. I've, it may be 37 or 38 now. So the, the people who have sticker shock are really interested in this. That's self-funded employers, cost-sharing ministries, um, individuals um, who just buy their care. Um, so there, there are people out there with sticker shock, and it's about, it's about 40 or 45% of people in this country actually have sticker shock. Everybody else is on some government plan or or some uh, full in, fully insured uh, plan with Blue United Signet or Aetna. But half of the people in this country care, and the, those people are shocking are shopping, and they're finding facilities like mine. And if they don't come to my facility, they use my price to leverage a better one at home. In uh, this cheaper and better message has gone viral um, and it's spreading and I think it's it's very threatening. Uh, I I think the the executive order by the Trump administration to mandate that hospitals show their prices is an indication That's of a terribly important how, development, isn't it? Well it's it's just an indication of how rabid uh, the people in this movement are and the extent to which that it has spread. And it all I've been told by many economists that this whole idea of transparency inflicted on the hospitals uh, came from me posting the website in 2009. So it is, it's very widespread. It is growing. Um, and it's the worst nightmare for the price gougers. What states have not been receptive to this? I could guess right offhand that California, Washington State, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Illinois, the standard list of criminals are not really wanting to participate in allowing your approach to medical care delivery to take place in their state. Did I get that about right? Well, some of the worst um, are are in the uh, Pacific Northwest for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, North Carolina is maybe one of the most vicious. Uh, the states in New England are very, very tough. Uh, California is actually um, more free market uh, than you would think. Oh, yeah. And that, part of that comes from the widespread um, uh, cosmetic surgery business there. Where plastic <laughs> that always plastic. leads the way, doesn't it? Well, plastic surgeons have to say, you know, sure. this is what I'm going to do, and it's here's elective. how much it is. And the insurance isn't going to cover it. Boob jobs lead the way, man. That's that's a good thing. Whenever you see a boob job, you could be thankful that the free market is in operation in that situation. Now, what is wrong with North Carolina? You know, uh, I mean, you wouldn't just think that these people would be uh, a bunch of totalitarian uh, lunatics like you would expect to find in New Jersey. But how did North Carolina get in this position? Well, they're dominated by um, a one insurance company, which is Blue Cross, and they're <laughs> dominated by hospital systems. Um, and Virginia, Virginia's bad, too. You know, there so the yeah, you'd expect that. Virginia's bad, North Carolina is bad, Kentucky is ridiculous. Kentucky is bad, Tennessee is bad. Wow. 
course, Tennessee is Mordor. That's where all of the big bad healthcare companies live. Is in Nashville. Really. Um, but yeah, New England, New England's pretty bad. Uh, Massachusetts is horrible. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a mess up there. Uh, there's more uh, kind of the free market entrepreneurial approach um, in the middle of the country for sure. Right, right. Just like you'd expect. But uh, it, it surprises me Tennessee falls into that category. You. Tennessee and Texas have got this interesting bond that we've had for 150 years. Uh, the a lot of the foundation families that settled in Texas, and I mean a lot of them, came from Tennessee. And uh, hell, they sound like we do. You go to Tennessee, and everybody sounds familiar. You know, the same accent, and everything. Uh, Whereas you go to Tulsa, you go to Tulsa, everybody sounds like they're from Indiana. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? People don't understand that. But now, Oklahoma City sounds like we do. Tulsa sounds like Indiana. And uh, they're really a Midwest city. They're not really Texas and Oklahoma. But, uh, well, you know, the, the, the more expensive things continue to get, you know, the worse – the dollar does in terms of inflation, the more pressure is going to be uh, exerted upon the market to respond in the way that you guys have. You know, I would imagine over the next year, you are going to see a giant increase in your business. Probably to the extent that you're going to have to expand your campus. Have you, have you made plans to do that? Yeah, we have, we have a lot of capacity. Uh, I can't imagine that we'll be overwhelmed uh, where we are. But uh, I've helped other facilities change their model and copy us, and I look forward to doing much more of that. Well, uh, you know, I think that uh, you may be shocked over the next over the next few months. Uh, things are going to get way worse than they are right now before they're going to get better. And if during that period of time, the, uh, the public, the general public understands or begins to understand that there is an alternative to going down to the, the local monopoly hospital and just doing what they're told, uh, you guys are going to continue to see a, a, a major growth in your business. And that's just a real, real, real good thing. You know, there's, there, there's probably not another business in the economy of the United States that is more heavily regulated nor, and more heavily influenced by government control than the healthcare delivery system. I can't think of another. It could be that the financial sector is. But in terms of uh, micromanagement by the government at every level of what you do, you guys are in a particularly terrible position. And, a, you know, a, a, this is a major development. And I think that, you know, a whole bunch of people are hearing about this on this podcast for the first time. I don't think that a lot of people know 
that there is a free market alternative to a $35,000 hernia repair. You know, they, they don't know. They, they have no idea. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing a great job, a great, great thing. Because if people figure out from working with you that there is a different approach to these things, then that applies to the rest of the business they do all across the spectrum. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I appreciate your helping get the word out. But yeah, there's a there's a much much cheaper ingual hernia repair, probably one tenth of what the hospitals in your area are charging, oh, and yeah. I would argue that it's better. Absolutely, absolutely, it doesn't hurt as bad. <laughs> a thirty-five hundred dollar inguinal hernia repair doesn't hurt as bad as a thirty-five thousand dollar hernia repair. I think it probably heals faster. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, Doctor Smith, I sure do appreciate your time on the on the show today. Any time you want to talk to us, please give us a call. We'll we'll put you back on if there's a if there's a major development you'd like to discuss. Uh, I'm all for publicizing this and, and getting you guys in front of more eyeballs and ears and making people understand that there is a different way to do this than the way they have been told is the only way to do it. That's just not true. And uh, we're glad to have Dr. Keith Smith on our, on our show today. Uh, the website is... Uh, tell me again, it's uh, surgerycenterok.com surgerycenterok.com and you mentioned another website uh, yeah, it's atlasbillingcompany.com Atlas Billing Company has got information as well and you yeah. know, you guys that are that, that know you have a surgery coming up don't just roll over on your back and take this it's not necessary for you to do that check with these guys if you're within driving distance of oklahoma city drive if you're within flying distance of oklahoma city you're gonna way more than save your plane ticket money you know it, it uh, even if you have to hang around in oklahoma city for a couple of days you can afford to do that with the money you save and you're going to get a better product and uh, uh, Keith, I appreciate your efforts. You don't, Thank you. you don't know how important this is. Maybe you do, but I, I want you to know that there are those of us that understand how important what you're doing is, and we yeah, appreciate. Yeah, I, I think I think we know it's transformative, and, and it it, we're missional. Uh, your your listeners should also know that they can find affordable care in Texas at the Shop Health. Uh, tab on the Free Market Medical Association's website. So Good. they don't have to come see me. Uh, they can shop around in Texas and Austin and Houston, a little bit in the Dallas area. Right. Uh, there, there are some options down there that they Good. can find the Free Market Medical Association's website. And the further along we go, the more options there are going to be. Your, people true. are going to jump on the bandwagon here and return medicine 
to the market position it deserves. It's going to happen. And the worse the economy gets, the faster it's going to happen. Keith, thank you. Appreciate it again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you guys next time on Starting Strength Radio.